Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we go over everlasting arms off of modern vampires of the city by Vampire Weekend. A lot better track than I remember, Kevin. I It was pretty low on my list, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty high now. Yeah, this is a fun song, um, musically at least. Um, we talked about this off the air, but the uh, the rhythm section almost immediately sounds like you can call me out. At least that's what it's reminded of. Somebody else on Genius uh, suggested that the baseline is also similar to Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. And those are two songs that are, you know, introspective. The, the former being about a midlife crisis. The second, I'm not entirely sure, but somebody's definitely thinking about something there. And we have a repetition of that theme in this song, certainly as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a stretch to say that the band was inspired by Talking Heads. I feel like Talking Heads is one of the main, them and Elvis Costello are like the two main ones I think of when I think of inspirations for Vampire Weekend. And of course, Graceland by Paul Simon. Yeah, that you too. can call me out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you, you're so right, totally. So, um, but yeah, musically, it's a lot of fun. Um, I really like the kind of low, vo- low pitched, uh, muffled vocals in the background. That's yeah. Um, that really seems to add a lot. Um, and then the at the beginning, it's keys, right? Like a keyboard. It's a it's a str- it's a string thing. It's be oh right. yeah, yeah, you're right. It sounds like strings. I mean, maybe it was synth, but it sounds like strings to me. It, it se- seemed like almost too clean to be strings. They've done this before, though, right? Where they've had super tight horns or strings that if you feel like it's synth instead of actually like strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do we have liner notes on this? Because now I'm curious if that was credited as a as something string. What track is this? What track number? I don't remember. Uh, let's figure that out. Let me yeah, let me it let is me track play. number seven. And looks like we have a credit for oh they didn't track number seven. Uh, I'm not think. seeing anything on Wikipedia. No. Nothing for straight credit. Just additional base for track seven. For Ariel. Good job. Hmm. Well, now I'm looking at the charts of this album. This album did quite well. Yeah. It was definitely did better than Contra. Um, oh, totally. But it's still, um, still was definitely, as the song's lyrics allude to, living in the shadows of the first self-titled album hit um, yeah that's a good so point did you catch that reference um what do you mean by that so a lot of people um in the chorus dive into lyrics in the chorus it says hold me in your everlasting arms looked up full of fear trapped beneath a chandelier that's going down and there's a and, chandelier on the album cover yes of the first of the first album. record wow so that's interesting that connection but I, I think it's a secondary meaning. I think the primary meaning is P- 
people in religion are trapped as Ezra feels they're trapped beneath a chandelier that's going down and that chandelier based on the reference to uh Dies Irae I'm probably horribly butchering that um which is about the last judgment um it's probably a reference to the last judgment yeah and that's 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 the the vibe we got too because it, it it's very the lyrics are very foreboding very uncertain throughout um and i think the, the reference you make there to the dsc ray um which to my understanding is used very often at funeral masses um and it's just a it's been around for some time as a part of, of christian tradition um yeah that seems pretty ominous it, it is interesting because we talk a lot about how father of the bride brings in a lot of these kind of Christian illusions. And um, while modern vampires of the city tends to be more Jewish centric illusions. And like you said, this is played at funeral masses um, and the last judgment is this very Christian concept, um, which has some presence in Judaism, I believe, but not as much. And hallelujah is very, very Christian. Mm -hmm. um, sung at the rejoice of Christ's resurrection. So it's interesting to me that the song isn't explicitly Jewish in perspective when it easily could have been. Yeah, that's a funny point um, because you're right. It's not obvious. And I thought I made this a similar point when I was looking through this as well. Why are we so blatantly Christian in this case? So I have a theory that Everlasting Arms um, is, so it's a reference to this one Bible verse that I can't seem to find right now. Oh, Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms, which is Old Testament. So that could be Jewish, but there's a popular Christian hymn titled Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, which a lot mm -hmm. of people have covered. Um, and so I think it's because this is kind of a riff on that song, which is about feeling safe and secure and in God's arms. Um, some of the lyrics, Lord, I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in the pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. So it's a very peaceful, happy song. While this one, he's still leaning into these everlasting arms. Hold me in your everlasting arms. But it's more a plea of hopelessness, a plea of almost desperation. Looked up full of fear. Instead of peace, it's fear. Mm -hmm. Trapped beneath a chandelier that's going down. So it's an inversion of this Christian hymn to one of trust and comfort um, to one of not knowing and kind of despair. Yeah, it's um, it's very uncertain throughout because it's it's not like we have a, a character here who is 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 boastful about agnosticism or atheism, but rather is like this is how I feel. And at the same time, I'm not really sure what's going on, you know, which is a very like relatable and understandable place to be, you know, um, sure. 
but to, but to, to, it's just a very interesting stance to be in that space, but then kind of release a piece like this, which is, I guess I shouldn't say it's too relatable. I mean, it's, 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 like I said, it's understandable or someone could, could feel just unusual being in the situation. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think we can dive a little deeper into some of these lyrics. So if we go line by line, verse one, I took your counsel and came to ruin. Leave me to myself. Leave me to myself. I took your counsel and came to ruin. Leave me to myself. Lead me to myself. Is that second one lead you said? Yeah. Okay. I guess I didn't catch that the first time through. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about how this is pretty evidently about religion, um, but some people are saying maybe it's about a relationship. There's way too many hints to say that. We're just, I, we're so far, like, into this, like, you know how people are, like, poisoned by irony when you're on Twitter too much? Like, we're poisoned by, like, everything has to be about religion in these very <laughs> songs. Like, I don't even think I mean, about anything else at this point. songs do, that it just, it's a common theme. You have to at least consider common. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of them might be a stretch, but, like, this life... I, I, I thought that was a good argument. But. No, I, I, I listen to the song through that lens now. And I think I, we're, we're getting a little off topic here, but I think when we look at this life and this song, it, you can see it as being the same person, but it's mm -hmm. instead of, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's like, I don't know what's going on. And I want to at least try and figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think, again, very relatable, very noble prospect to say, I don't know what's going on, but I'd really like to know, or at least, at least try, you know? Yeah, for sure. What did you take from the um, first part saying, leave me to myself, and the second part saying, lead me to myself? So it's just something I'm catching now. Um, I, I guess my question is, is this a call to God in this case? Lead, like, you know, it's just saying, yeah. like, leave me alone, um, and then maybe lead me to myself. Maybe it's like, I shouldn't be centering my thoughts on this, this, this deity rather. I mean, maybe I should be centering everything on myself. You know, I think that's probably my immediate reaction to it. Yeah. That's how I read it too. Um, he initially takes the counsel, um, the advice of God. So how to live his life. Mm -hmm. um, and it all came to ruin. So did not go well for him. Um, but yeah, just leave me alone and let me focus on myself is mm -hmm. how I read it too. And it's not even in a, like you said, it's not a angry antagonistic way. It's more just a, I tried this, it's not for me kind of way. Mm -hmm. This next part of the song I think is, is, is really interesting to me. This, oh, I was made to live without you but I'm never gonna understand, never understand. It's kind of like you're trying to have it both ways. And it's not to say that you can't, but it's, it's an interesting position to take to say, oh, I don't need God, but at the same time, I'm never gonna understand. It's, it's almost unclear what it is that our main character here is not going to understand. You know, what did you think about that? Yeah, um, yeah, it's unclear whatever you're saying he's never gonna understand why people think they're made to live with God. 
Um, but also it could be, I'm never going to understand why I was made this way to where I feel that I'm not made to live, that I've been made to live without you. I see. Okay. So he's almost like wanting to be made to want to live with God. Mm -hmm. So he's never going to understand why he has this feeling. But it's also unclear, like you said, to where maybe I'm never going to understand why people think this way. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I like that. I like that read of it. And then we already covered the chorus a little. Um, I thought it over and drew the curtain. Now, this is a very important line that me and Kevin text about a little before this. Um, lead me to my cell. Lead me to my cell. I hum the desara as you played the hallelujah. Lead me to my cell. Don't leave me in my cell. So I thought it over and drew the curtain. Initially kind of seems like a, oh, I thought about God and said, nah, I, I drew the curtain Blizzard of Oz style and realized it wasn't as it seemed and it's not for me, right? Because mm -hmm. that, that's the initial read I got from it. But then I thought back to some of my readings and in intro to Old Testament about- yes. um, <laughs> about how a tabernacle was set up in um, the days of early Judaism. So Nico, tell the folks what a tabernacle is. So the tabernacle is the place where God is. So like the physical presence of God is in the tabernacle. And so this was where the Ark of the Covenant was um, back in the Old Testament. And for um, Catholicism, it's where the Eucharist, which is the physical embodiment of God, is stored in the tabernacle. And so it's essentially the tabernacle is a place where God physically is. So the tabernacle was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was stored. Um, and um, it's this very complicated structure uh, which we'll probably tweet out at some point this week. Um, <laughs> that could be a good little teaser for tomorrow. Yeah. But um, essentially, you have this giant um, fenced in area with a curtain to enter it. Okay. And so it could be talking about that curtain. He drew the curtain to enter the tabernacle area, or maybe drew the curtain to leave the tabernacle he's done with it but also there's multiple curtains throughout this tabernacle because there's multiple levels of holy within the tabernacle because at the outside area there's slaughter tables for sacrifices to god um, but on the inside area you have an outer veil which you enter it's a curtain essentially and so that you enter into the holy place which is holier than the outside area but then finally there is a last curtain which you can it's called the inner veil which you can only only the high priest can enter so only the people the priest of the community can enter the outer veil area but only the high priest can enter the inner veil and see being the physical with the physical presence of god entirely 
And so what this is telling me, I read it as the narrator pulling the curtain on that inner veil and seeing God for what he is in the narrator's eyes, whatever that may be. And for him, that wasn't what he wanted. And so that leads us to this kind of, it's not for me that we see throughout this album. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like this read of it. Um, it seems like the sort of thing Ezra would have done. Um, I like it a lot because it's, it does kind of lend like a physical manifestation of what was, what would God look like to me, you know? So I, I like this read of it a lot. Um, let's go with this. Let's go with this. So, so yeah, deep Judaism reference within this song, even though we said there's a lot of Christian references. And that's, it's funny to have the juxtaposition of that with the disarray right there, which is very much a Christian text, you know? Uh, we yeah. talked about it a little bit, um, but it's a funeral march, right, basically. And the juxtaposition of that with the as you played the hallelujah itself is another kind of a funny, funny placement there. So kind of a lot to parse through uh, in this part of the song. Yeah, so it also could be a Christian reference still in the sense that modern tabernacles within Catholicism a lot of times have a curtain that mm-hmm. is covering the Eucharist. Um, and so in that same sense, he could unveil the curtain, but, um, just with most of the album using Jewish allusions, I think it's more a reference to the old Testament Mm. tabernacle, but that being said, um, for Christianity, the new Testament, the new modern tabernacle is a fulfillment of the old tabernacle. So Mm -hmm. you're talking about the same thing. Good point. Theology hours with Nico. Real theology hours. This is like the this is uh this is Kevin and Nico theology um conversations of Judaism, right? This is like 1.75, right? <laughs> conversations <laughs> in yeah, yeah. Conversations yeah. In, in Abrahamic religions. Yeah, there we 1. go. 1.75. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um so what's with this leave me to my cell? Yeah, so someone said a cell phone, and I was like, no. No? That isn't it. I I don't (laughs) think so. Um, So I read it as comparing and contrasting a jail cell, saying they're kind of trapped there when they are um, forced into this religion, or not even forced, but feel the need to stay in it. Compelled, yeah. Yeah. Um, But also in a monastery, the place you live is called a cell and it's literally just like a bed and a place to pray and that's it and so it's a very contemplative life of interesting prayer. yeah so i i thought it was a kind of allusion to that because afterwards it says don't leave me in my cell so it's him kind of trying to get out of there yeah and i think when you combine that uh potential um potential kind of kind of vision you're pointing there with the kind of trapped beneath the chandelier, I think you're, you're starting to paint a picture of, yeah, religion is trapping me, right? Mm-hmm. Organized religion is, is, is oppressing me in some, some fashion. For sure. So what, what did you take from the narrator humming a hymn about the day of judgment that is played at funeral masses um, as opposed to 
this you who I maybe read it as God, maybe just someone he's jealous of, um, played the hallelujah, this word of praise and happiness. I took that to mean you see folks that use their religion as this almost like a drug. Um, you know, Marx, there's that line about religion is the opening of mass or something like that. And yeah, I think pointing at folks who kind of kind of look at their religion as a cure-all almost and say like, I don't need to worry about anything else because of X, Y, Z involving my religion and kind of saying like, no, I'm trying to point out these, the, what either I don't like about it or these criticisms I have. And so using the kind of the analogy of, of a funeral march versus the hallelujah to kind of mm. communicate that point. That's what I saw yeah. from that. I like that. I like that take. If you'd been made to serve a master, you'd be frightened by the open hand, frightened by the hand. Could I have been made to serve a master? Well, I'm never going to understand, never understand. This is a line right here. This is, this is pretty damning, to be honest. Um, I'm assuming we're thinking the same thing here, where it's, it's, it, you're looking at these first two lines here about how folks follow a god or a deity in fear of eternal damnation or punishment in some sense, right? Yeah, that was my I mean, that was at least my initial read of what those lines mean. Yeah, it's definitely just a lot of people stay in it because they're scared of the hand of God, the mm -hmm. judgment of God, um, because the, the hand of God is typically a symbol of wrath and of yeah. justice. Mm -hmm. Good point. So um, what do you think of the first thing being if you'd been made the server master yeah i was just thinking could i have been so is he I'm, opening up to it well so we're seeing if you'd been made a server master obviously asking another party here and i'm just kind of noticing this now and that's a really interesting point it's almost like are we taught are we having a conversation here between two folks that are kind of on the same side of the issue um yeah yeah and it does make more sense about the I hum the Desera as you played the Hallelujah. And now, now they're talking to someone who seems happy with where they are in their religion. And it, it just kind of in a more general sense, this is a lyrical style I feel like we don't see too terribly often from Vampire Weekend. You know, like asking another person, like, how do you feel? Well, this is how I feel. Like that sort of conversational attitude about things, like, it feels almost folky in a way that we don't really see as much from the band. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a touch off topic, but I just thought that was interesting. At least not until Favre and the Bride. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I, after that, it goes back to the chorus, kind of closes it up, um, restating where that narrator is at in terms of religion kind of this desperate plea to be held um and in, in full of fear instead of peace mm -hmm. and in this last uh iteration of the chorus the the music is stripped really down and it's really just this bass part but it's not the same bass line as the beginning it to me ready for this sounded very 808s and heartbreak oh i thought it sounded it was a very electronic Heartbreaky. sounding bass and i thought it was a very unique sound, and I immediately fought Kanye. Um, confirmed wavy, but it's I. We've already confirmed them as wavy, but now it's just this is 
full on the wave is here. Hey, supposedly uh, Kanye has a album uh, release party like, okay. in two days. It, it's in Atlanta, right? Someone tweeted yeah. about this, but I don't know. Like, I don't know how valid it is. But I, I don't know I, how valid I, anything I, is. I've followed three almost like Kanye releases. Like I've been following the Kanye releases since Ye, um, and like staying up till midnight for a couple years of them. I've finally realized you just have to go to sleep, and if it comes, cool. If not, oh well. I remember like, I stayed up. I stayed up because there was the one that was like two or three weeks before they actually dropped Ye, and I remember staying yeah. up till midnight because people are the Kanye subreddit. People are just f fiving all day, and it was. And you're right. You realize after a while, it's like it's gonna come to you. If it's gonna come, I've resigned myself to be happy if we never get any more music from Kanye. Yeah, same. And yeah. it, I remember a lot of people were mad when Donda um, didn't come out, and I was, I was okay with it because it's like I don't want Kanye to release something that's not like subpar because, because he it would have come out way quicker than most of his albums had come out. Usually, there's like a two to three year gap. I don't know if you and I ever talked about this, but how do you feel about Jesus King? Um, I really liked it at the time, but it doesn't have much re-listenability. It doesn't have staying power. I think I only listened to the album once. It was like, this is fine. I I listened to it a lot. Really? Okay. But every time I try to go back to it, I just kind of end up i end up on another kanye album <laughs> yay has more staying power than jesus yay, i does. still listen to a lot yay and kids kids see ghost is like capital actually capital good and <laughs> i i don't think people talk about that enough but that was actually a really good lep record whatever you want to call that um yeah but i i forget about jesus is king to be honest with you i really do I mean, Ghost Town is like top three Kanye for me. Oh my gosh. That's a top 10 Kanye song, without a doubt. I mean, top three for me is Ghost Town, St. Pablo, and Runaway. I got St. Pablo on Shuffle the other day, right after you texted me about it. And it was like, that's such a freaking good song. I forgot how good <laughs> lyrically that song was. Lyrically, it's insane. Yeah. I think it's, I think Devil in New Dress is still number one for me. Um, but after that, I think it's, it's tough to decide. Through the Wire is probably top three. It's hard. I love Kanye, I was, man. Kanye's I, so good. I was scribbling um, in my notes during a theology class one time, the lyrics to St. Pablo. Looking, <laughs> looking at the sky in the nighttime, wondering where's God in your nightlife. And someone was like, oh, what, like, what? academic like theology paper is this and i'm like oh it was no, it was, it was a quiz actually yeah could <laughs> <laughs> be wow i don't know if nightlife existed back then but it's true yeah it was the dark ages after all <laughs> but yeah well it was a nice little kanye uh kind of <laughs> discourse there there's definitely a world i mean we probably would have done a Kanye podcast if this thing didn't already exist in the Kanye world. But yeah, to our knowledge, to our knowledge there's no one that's much better than one we could ever do. I mean, we can't sell ourselves short, but I mean, somebody somebody beat us to punch. But to our knowledge, there is not another podcast that goes line by line on Vampire Weekend songs. So yeah. we're filling a void. Watch, we're filling watching, a void. Watching the throne sometimes goes a little too far. Like, if, if you... 
if any of our listeners think we go too far on on stretches go and listen to watching the throne and some of them are like two hour episodes on three minute songs and it's just like this is a stretch like i love it but this is a stretch i think the i think the ceiling to being a like the ceiling of being a vampire weekend head is lower than the ceiling of being a kanye head you know like there's more of a universe there i feel like for the most part like obviously the, the 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 Vampire Weekend lyrics are fairly esoteric at times and can't absolutely warrant the analysis that we give them. But other than that, like, it's pretty much all out there, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, what, you know, the band. Uh, but Kanye as a character is a generational talent. Um, yeah. One of the greatest artists of all time, we'll say it. Revolutionized the game. Um, there's yeah. a lot there. And I don't know if it warrants two and a half hours for a three-minute song, but, I mean, it definitely warrants some, co- some conversation. Yeah, I mean, I once a year I have to go through my Kanye phase. (laughs) One month of the year is just like Kanye. You'll just you'll just dive into the depths. Yeah, it's like every day of a week I'll listen to like three Kanye albums Mm -hmm. straight front to back and re-rank them. Yeah, I I think I would like to do a personal ranking um, of the of, of definitely the albums, maybe the tracks at some point. Be good for me because you know you see a list of a ranking like this happens with bruce springsteen songs all the time i'll see a list of a ranking and i'll be like i hate this list and then i realize oh like i should actually make a list so like i know a how difficult it is to rank these songs and be like maybe at least have some semblance of an idea you know yeah yeah also um we forgot to bring up at the beginning we have a uh, vampire news this vampire week. news yeah so um on the show i think you should leave by is it tim robinson tim robinson yeah so uh episode two season two uh ezra uh contributed a track um and so what was you want to describe the sketch for everyone yeah this was this was it's worth watching but better than this, listening to us but go ahead I, I, you know, I watched it like two nights ago and I was really tired, but this was the sloppy steaks uh, sketch, right? Yes. <laughs> I think you can honestly explain it better than I, because I was kind of falling asleep while it was happening, but like, I like heard Ezra's voice and I'm like, oh shoot, I should probably be listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So um, Tim Robinson is at this party and he tries to hold a baby and the baby keeps crying and <laughs> the mom's like oh it's fine he's like no it's because i was a jerk i used to be a horrible person and the the mom's like what are you talking about i was and he just keeps bringing it up throughout the party until the grandfather is like let him hold the baby he's grown i used to be a horrible person too i and then it's a montage of him being a horrible person and them eating sloppy steaks which is just ordering a steak at a restaurant with your buds and while the waiters aren't looking putting water all over them and that's it and the eating them them as fast as you can because they're going to kick you out once they see you pouring water on the steaks oh with slick back hair so that's oh yeah the outfit he described it's so funny to have him describe the outfit and then like he shows up the the show 
is phenomenal. And I mean, I, it, it has a really wide draw because there's some mainstream stuff. There's also like shades of Tim and Eric in it too. Um, I mean, some of these sketches, like the first time I saw the coffin flop sketch, like I made noises like in a laughing stance that I didn't know I was physically capable of. Like it was absurd. So, so the other thing is there's a reference in the skit to the music video of Yahe. No. Yeah. So they're at a beach. Like I also wait. I also didn't know. I didn't. I didn't even know Yahe had a music video. Oh, it's a okay. great music video. Okay. Okay. I'll take a But um, shaking up champagne at a beach and like in slow motion opening it, and that's the music video of Yahe. Mm-hmm. So it. I mean, with Ezra in the background, I feel like it's definitely a reference to that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the lyrics to. Should we save that for an episode? <laughs> we should probably tag it on somewhere. Yeah, we can. I mean, we're talking about it now. We might as well pull it up. I'm trying to find the. Let's just go. Yeah, we're here. We're over. We're 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 doing I the damn thing. Let's lyrics though. Someone posted on the subreddit. I'm pretty sure. Um, on the Vampire Weekend subreddit. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing it there. Oh, um, dangerous night. This is, I think, our second Google search break for the show. Big VW. Wait, Heim dropped a new track? Yeah, you didn't see that. What? On a movie. Out, Still, out, though. Out I, guess I, I guess I haven't been very online recently. Top of the past month. Let's see if there's anything there. Step is a perfect song, question mark? Maybe. <laughs> Might be. There's also a Reddit on um, on the flower moon drink, cola and wine. Yeah, so was talking about that, and apparently it's it's quite good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't find anything. I thought there was something. So maybe if we if we find it, maybe we can do a little more vampire news next week. Because yeah. um, it was it, it was very interesting. And I if I remember correctly, like lyrically, it was a little it was a little out there. Yeah. I mean it was dangerous nights. Dangerous nights. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll hopefully get back to it. Um but yeah, so lots of vampire news going on. Heim released a single. Um, I feel like there was something else. Maybe we should put comments on Lord. Yeah, I mean we can. You know what? Yeah, it's it's a it's a big jacket. <laughs> big big jacket. Off week we had the Mayor album on Friday, um, which is I mean, it was all pretty John Mayer, which I think is generally a good thing. Pitchfork um, was decimating it. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I haven't even listened to the was, full album yet. I mean, very mad at the track. Why you no love me? <laughs> I didn't get to that one yet. Yeah, 
it's not a good track. I, I I'm a huge fan of Last Train Home. I know that's like the obvious hit from the album, but like yeah. it is a fantastic song. Yeah. Um, his last two albums are great. Though, so yeah, the, the, the most the second most recent one I haven't heard yet. Um, yeah, we had a new Lord single like a month ago. Now we meant to talk about. Yeah. We have a new Bleachers album in like two weeks. Um, had a new Claro album that's very freeform jazzy. That's interesting. Yeah. For Claro. Yeah. Yeah. That's so becoming a TikTok sensation. It's it could be it could be Jack Antonoff's late summer. You know, like this could be this could be his like. Oh yeah, because he produces for her. He right? produces Claro. He produces uh, Lord. Um, he produces Taylor Swift. I mean, he, as we've talked about, Jack Antonoff runs pop music. Yeah. I mean, it's very different than anything else he's produced. Jack Antonoff, the, uh, well, I guess Rostam might be, maybe controversial, but Rostam might be the poor man's Jack Antonoff. (laughs) I mean, you and I definitely have an affinity for the music made by those two gentlemen, you know? Yeah, both of them are very good. Yeah, they're good at their jobs, right? Like, they just Um, play very similar roles in producing. Yeah. Rostam has Carly Rae Jepsen. And then like Jack Antonoff has like Taylor Swift. So they, they have like very similar catalogs. Yeah, like if you compare like Women in Music Part Three to like any Antonoff record, Rustam it's like has time, yeah. Yeah, because it's like Ariel was obviously influ- influential in, in Women in Music Part Three t- as well. Yeah. Um it's it's a little it's a little different stylistically, obviously, but you, you just end up with really good sounding products. Yeah, both are great. Both are great. mm -hmm. Well, we just we covered so many bases on this. Um, Look at us! Like maybe only half this this show is actually about the song. Yeah, it's about half. It was twenty. Yeah, it was was twenty minutes when we were down, and now it's (laughs) forty. Good job, team. Catch all, catch all episodes. How many episodes do we have left? We probably have what, like fifteen? No, I think it's a little more. We have some bangers left in the tank too. Yeah. Like it's really impressive. Yeah. Um, favorite lyric. <laughs> favorite lyric. Um, I, I have first pick, and you already please. know what I'm picking. I thought it over and drew the curtain. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I'm gonna go with if you'd been made to serve a master, you'd be frightened by the open hand. Nice. Not the second frightened by the hand, only the first. I don't need to include that. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little too lengthy for me right now. Gotcha um okay top five this life stranger um unbelievers flower moon i'll put flower moon in the top five because it's i it's just so good um and let's give me a little white sky like i feel like my my top three are pretty set for right now but it's gonna be i'm confident in what this is gonna be after we get to the next however many tracks we have left but right now it's kind of it's flowing a little yeah i'm gonna go uh flower moon and then big change up everlasting arms whoa and big. I modern vampires is probably my favorite album we just haven't covered much of it i know we we have a lot more to do in yeah. modern vampires oh yeah and then spring snow um unbelievers and unbearably white okay yeah excellent okay and then the hat for this week is a nasa hat because space rules 
Space is cool. Yeah. Not, um, not when billionaires monopolize it, but when people just have fun with space. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't, <laughs> you can't see, but I'm, I'm making hand gestures. I, I think we have a lot to learn from space. I don't think like colonizing Mars is, is as, as feasible as people think it is. Um, I would rather try and live, you know, where I live now, you know, the industrial Midwest, but you know, teach their own. Yeah. Um, how long? Oh, first time I listened to this, I was very confused because it sounds like from it's from the 90s and he keeps saying how dong instead of how long. Like he's like over pronunciates the long and it sounds like how dong. Well, we've got about a week to think about it and read into that one. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what that means. So tune in next week to help us figure out why Ezra pronounces it wrong. Take it easy, folks. Thank you.